An idea born out of Monday morning chats at the coffee machine. In this series, we chat to our guests about their going out experiences and how it shaped them. Join us, Pippa and Georgia, team members at Skiddle who love going out and miss chatting about it. This is episode six of the Going Out podcast and today we're joined by the brilliant Nova Twins. And we chatted about growing up in South East London, playing various gigs in Camden. And their open letter to the Mobos and travelling around France in a full galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) Plus many more achievements that they had in 2020. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us uh, on today's podcast. This is episode six with the amazing Nova Twins, who are an English rock duo formed in London, England, and it consists of Amy Love and Georgia South. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Thanks. We're really, really excited to chat to you, and you're the first podcast of the new year. Yeah. The first recording we're doing. So happy new year. Yeah. Happy new year. (laughs) So um, basically, we're just wanting to chat with loads of different artists about what their going out experiences are um at skiddle we want to get music fans closer to artists so obviously we're all going through a lot at the moment <laughs> with the current pandemic so um we think that people would be really really interested to hear what you've got going on um, and yeah we've been we've been following you and we're really excited to chat to you so yeah we'd love to hear about when you started going out, where you grew up. Um, yeah, let's yeah. start at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So when you say going out, mm-hmm. like in what sense? Like out the front door or party? <laughs> 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 going to your first music events, going to clubs, going to gigs. Like where were you going? Yeah. Where, where were your first nights out? I think, to be honest, my first night out in terms of going to like a pub or something, I was probably like... I don't know, 13 or 14. And my aunts used to sneak me and my friend into this little <laughs> local pub. And then we would just drink like WKDs. Oh, oh, that was the best it was one. A bit, yeah. <laughs> I was, for some reason, I remember that being like quite a poignant moment. Of being like, oh, this is what it's like getting out. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. is this what it's like to be an adult? This is cool. Yeah. I, my drink of choice was like Smirnoff Ice. Yeah. That was my favorite. Yeah, that was like Smirnoff Ice and like WKD and all them like, alcohol pops and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically lemonade. <Yeah>. Sugar. <laughs> when were um, you, yeah, going to gigs and stuff? My first ones were um, probably, I was in a band like from when I was really young. So I was probably like 13 as well. And we used to play venues where we had to sneak in because people thought we was older so then I guess that was kind of like my nightlife experience because we used to literally remember once you was there as well I had to hide under the bar because the security was looking at me because I was underage yeah and I was like, this band can't play in here it's like an 18s club and I was like hiding in the toilet trying to hide under the bar to try and like stay in there and um so yeah, I reckon that was like my first experience of like bars and pubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and when did you start going to like gigs and seeing artists and like what kind of artists were you going to see? This is a really reckon up right Gigs. It's, yeah, I guess again where we were in bands. I guess we our first experience were, were probably playing them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, whether they were little open mic nights or, you know, just things like that. That's where we kind of started. And then I guess from that 
when we started playing festivals, we, you know, we got to see other bands, but um, we, you know, we've seen, gone, bought tickets for like big concerts or whatever. Like we've seen gigs together, whether it's been like, we saw Jack White not that long ago, um, Prodigy, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I remember we've seen Beyonce, you saw Beyonce back in the day as well. Okay. Just, I saw Pink. Oh, that was quite interesting. Oh, wow. <laughs> Katy Perry. Yeah, she yeah, okay. at the O2. Her shows are actually so sick. Yeah, I actually caught a bit of Katy Perry at Glasgow a couple of years ago and was like, oh my God, she's such like a show woman, isn't she? Like, she can proper oh dominate God. the stage. And she did this like magic trick where she like changed outfit and like ripped off the dress. And I remember I was younger watching it. I was like, how is she doing this? <laughs> That's so <laughs> So you two have known each other, it seems, for quite a while. It would be good if you could kind of give us a brief kind of explanation about your kind of create like how it's gone into Nova Twins um yeah we've just been like family friends for years and years and years and then we was always um in different bands and projects but always put the same shows together so we'd always be on the same like nights out or circuits because we just was like this unit of these kind of like bands collectively kind of gigging together. And then um, when those came to an end, we're just like, we hung out all the time anyway. I was staying at yours and stuff, wasn't I, anyway? Yeah, you were basically living at mine. So we were just like, well, why don't we just like write a song together for one day because we were just hanging out. And then we did, and it was just really fun. And we just really enjoyed the experience and had a laugh doing it. And then it's just been like that ever since. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, what kind of got you into forming together instead of being in your individual bands I think it was just a natural progression I think obviously when our first bands it's like your first relationship they don't necessarily work out yeah (laughs) that's a good analogy yeah yeah and um so even though you know we gained a lot of experience um via our other projects I think getting together was just something that me and Georgia would always tap into anyway, because when we were gigging, we'd come back home because I would be staying at Georgia's basically living there. And um, we'd be talking about where we want to be or where we want to go and our kind of dreams and stuff, you know, and um, I think, and then we'd help each other out on each other's tracks anyway. So it wasn't like it was unfamiliar, but it was um, it's a turning point where we was just like, oh, let's just write some songs. You know, we were kind of bored. And then the first tune we wrote was called Bad Bitches. And it was just this kind of magnetic situation where we was like, hang on a minute, this is this is really cool. <laughs> well, we thought it was cool. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we thought it was cool for a while. <laughs> We've been in a band for ages. I think people yeah. assume we've just come out but we've been doing this for like um in march seven years so yeah. um you know so we just wanted to make music we wanted to make whether it was a bit weird or crazy or whatever and we just kept growing and growing and then gigging europe that kind of took up took off for us for a bit and then yeah we just kind of went with the flow and we just love what we do so it doesn't really matter as long as we're doing it we're happy <laughs> yeah exactly um so like when you said that you were going around kind of europe at first were you just kind of gigging in um in or around london uh, what kind of bars and clubs uh, were your like first experiences as a I band. think I think Camden was quite like a big part for us. We did quite a few venues in Camden, like it was called the Barfly back in the day. I remember we actually used to go there a lot. So it was kind of like, oh, we'd love to play the Barfly. Oh, it was like okay. quite a big 
called Camden Assembly now. Um, and then we played the Monarch um, and the Underworld and the Stables. Yeah. Um, uh, so a lot of Camden. Like, Camden venues. Um, that was a cool scene. Uh, what else did we play? It was our hub, I thought, Camden. I, I think we. I think when we first started, like the very, very initial period, it would have been in South East where G's from because we were based there. So there was like this pub. It's not a pub anymore, but it was Ravensbourne where they'd have like jams and like open mic nights. So that was our probably first, like as a band together doing that as an open mic night. And then we'd play like the Amersham, Amersham Arms, Newcastle, <laughs> um, the Fox and Firkin, all these like classic like we went from Newcastle to Newcastle and then Camden was like... Yeah, and we progressed to Camden. <laughs> yeah, Camden was like, we've got to make it to Camden. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, well it's, it I holds it, doesn't it? Let me take that back, sorry. Because South East London, the venues are incredible and actually so many great things happen there. No, so not it wasn't a progression, it was just it was more... Camden was the big venues. Yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah, they're slightly bigger and it was like oh, out of our doorstep, out of our comfort yeah. zone. For us, it was like, oh, we're leaving our house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Camden has a bit of a kind of musical like significance anyway doesn't it because like you have like Amy Winehouse used to like live there and I can imagine as like a music it's like a musical kind of pull magnetic place for all kind yeah. of like cool gigs and stuff and also you don't really know bands in Camden like when you're gig around your area you just know everyone so it's quite comfortable yeah so when you go out, you're like oh this is what the rest of the sea's like yeah <laughs> and how's it been um touring Europe and obviously not recently due to like COVID and stuff but what was that jump like from your London venues to over over the seas remember that jump was quite drastic at first because um first we played the great escape in Brighton and then we got picked up by a um, promoter put us on Jean-Louis who put us on Transmusical in um, France so then we went from playing all these like bars in London what probably like 100 cap and then we got put on this festival which was like 4,000 people and like we went on this big screen in front of the stage so we're like just like okay let's play this gig it's in a warehouse and we couldn't hear the crowd because I don't know whether this little curtain was so thick but we just thought it was empty basically we thought we've never been here before who's going to even turn up the screen went up when you play and literally it was 4,000 people and we looked at each other like okay it's on <laughs> that sounds like out of a movie or something like yeah. dun, dun, dun. it really <laughs> It was because we didn't expect it. And at the time, that was, well, it was our biggest uh, venue to, well, not to date, but at the time. So the we time. were just so shocked because we walked in the venue and it was empty. And it all it all took for us to go to backstage about Seven 10 minutes seconds. later for it to be full cap. Wow. Like they had to shut the doors and everything. It was mental. I remember kind of, we were just playing, thinking, what's happening right now? What's happening? Because we were just, it was yeah, so it was a good great. memory. And that never happens with the curtain going up. Like we've never even had that again. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like sounds like something off like the Lizzie McGuire movie or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> She's about to perform and yeah. the curtain goes up. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's that feel like when obviously the jump from like a hundred to four thousand? Like I don't know. Have you had fans following you from those early days to these these kinds of gigs or like what are your fans like? Yeah. I think um, in terms of France, that kicked off our whole kind of European career. Um, 
yeah, it really did. It changed a lot because we then got an agent from that and then we were touring France a lot um, and playing a lot of festivals. And then obviously, you know, we started to branch out a bit more, but all the, you know, the dates got cancelled. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was a, such a significant turning point in our career because when we first started, we didn't really know what we were doing. We just knew that we enjoyed what we do and we didn't have management as such, but we had like basically Georgia's parents were like our mentors and they're musical. So they would always be encouraging us to be like, yeah, you just got to do it. Just go for it, you know, and it was great, you know. So we just just gig and well, we gigged a bit in the UK and it was very local and then when we did that um, gig in France it was Transmusical that was it suddenly we got swept off our feet and was playing all the festivals all the um, all the kind of tours and everything it was just a bit mental really and then we came back to the UK it was only like two years ago I felt like we came yeah. back <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah and then we started and then obviously here it, it picked up as well so it was um, uh, it started in France really a lot of um, so funny because we because we did it was kind of like that snowball effect mm. we'd drive around Europe in our family car we'd turn up to these huge festival stages and like main stage and they'll be like oh the camping section's at the back because <laughs> obviously it looks like a big family car roof rack and then it would be like no we're playing so it's just like that funny like journey and it was amazing times oh that must be amazing to be like that no, happened at showing your things as well <laughs> when they were literally like uh, you in the right place because he was playing main stage at Hellfest to like 20,000 people wow. turning up in a Ford Galaxy. <laughs> and they were like, Are you, do you need help? You I was like, no, we're playing. They were literally just like <laughs> laughing at us. It was so funny because that was the... And know. when you park your car, and when you park your car, you're like sandwiched between two massive coach trucks. Probably <laughs> like, I don't know, probably like Metallica was playing that day and like another massive truck. They'll be like our little car. <laughs> Next to the tour buses. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. How does it feel being on like the same bill or lineup as names like that, names like Metallica or or something like that? Yeah, it's crazy, you know. <laughs> Speech <It's> though. So, <laughs> yeah. I think where we started doing festivals first as well was definitely like we were just opened up to this whole new world and even like being backstage and could we I'd personally never really been to many festivals before. So it was just like, well, this is <laughs> what goes on here. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, and then to be on that other side of it, to be in like the VIP, like <laughs> that must be cool. <laughs> so, so weird. So what was it like traveling around? Um, so how long was you like in your kind of Ford Galaxy traveling around um, France? Like what was that like? I think it's only been really like the last like two years or something that we've actually have a, a, a small, but you know, touring van. Yeah. Like a, nine people or I don't know 10 yeah. ten seater or something I don't know something like that so um, we kind of just kept to it for a while and um you know, we had a lot of, you know, we have a lot of great memories. Just, it's just, it's kind of like DIY and we kind of get stuck in. And um, I think when this pandemic happened, you kind of miss them days. We used to moan about it, but like, oh, we're squashed. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Everything was just on top of each other and we were just like, yeah. Oh. But 
and then you think, oh, you know, they're on fond memories now. And, you know, you kind of um, you appreciate them a lot more when you can't do it. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I'd happily lug around my amps again. And we were saying that, weren't we, a couple of uh, weeks ago about yeah. how like now when you're looking back because of all the COVID thing, it, it's also like the nice memories. But you also miss those like the moany moments where like things yeah. that you actually hated, you miss you miss them yeah the long queue at the bar or yeah, like yeah. <laughs> what's um what's yeah. this kind of um break been like for you I, I imagine you had like loads of tour dates lined up in 2020 um are they going to be like rescheduled for 2021 2022 what's um <laughs> i know because it's weird because it is 2021 yeah. so it feels really like almost it's hard to to say it when you're currently in a lockdown <laughs> gotten weird because I feel like before we were like 2021 yeah we've rescheduled all our dates and fingers crossed but um I think you know we've just got to play it by yeah <laughs> we'll always reschedule and you know we want to do our tours yeah where what kind of uh places were you going to on your tour um well we did most of France when we got pulled off the tour so we've got all of well the rest of Europe to do and the UK to do on our headline tour um yeah. so it's like Germany Prague oh amazing um, London Manchester yeah, yeah. yeah. oh sick and yeah. then all the festivals that we were supposed to do last year no, um, no. like Reading and Leeds Glastonbury and oh wow um Pop or pop and just uh, yeah, and we were supposed to go to America as well. So America, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've got a lot of stuff lined up, stuff like just like ready for the go ahead. <laughs> um, and this year you released an album. Uh, Who are the girls? Was that prior to uh, COVID nineteen that that was released, or was that during the pandemic? It was just before. We were very lucky, actually. Just before, because we were obviously releasing singles prior to that anyway, Mm -hmm. the year before. So there was a lead up. We managed to get out and gig a lot of the songs anyway on the previous year. Um, And then when we released it, we managed to tour it a bit. So we we managed, I think we released it at a perfect time, really, because it was quite difficult for bands to release their uh, albums whilst that was all happening because no one knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people ended up suffering because of it. Um, yeah, I think later on in the year, people got more used to lockdown life and we found ways to communicate and streaming got better and platform services got better. But I think in that initial period, it was really difficult. Just people didn't really know what the fuck was going on. So I think also they were like waiting for when we got first told all our stuff was cancelled. It's kind of like, kind of like, well, this bit's cancelled, then the festivals will go ahead. Mm-hmm. We're just waiting and kind of like in limbo because they're like, or oh, do we wait or do we just like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing that a lot of artists this year have still been managed to be so creative during this time and people have still released music haven't they without mm. knowing really when they could tour after they release any music um what's like probably been your favorite parts of this year so it's not all like doom and gloom yeah um <laughs> what what is something that you've really appreciated appreciated about lockdown and have you managed to be creative like um you've worked with bring me the horizon this year so that must have been like a something really exciting for you guys um yeah mm, yeah we, i mean there was a let's been to be honest considering uh how messed up everything is we've had a we've had a good year um you know we've connected with our audience in a way we would have never have done if 
lockdown hadn't happened. Like we had so much time on our hands that usually we're on the go. So all you usually get to do is document what you're doing, but we got to stop and think and, you know, think about what it is that we want to say and to our audience and get to know them as well. We've done loads of challenges where they've done like t-shirt challenge, design and makeup challenge, like guitar, bass riff challenge or whatever instrument challenge. And suddenly we realized, oh, that's our audience. They're all like creatives, they're artists, they're fashion designers, they're like musicians, a lot of them. And it was really, and like obviously music listeners as well. So it was interesting to get to know them um, in that kind of way. Yeah. Um, sure. I, yeah, we've had crazy, like, we have gotten really lucky this year with the Bring Me collab. Yeah. Obviously amazing. Um, and surreal when that came in. Then we won a heavy music mm. award, which we're just like, what the hell? Mm. <laughs> crazy considering, yeah, we... You know, the whole world stopped, but it seemed like luckily we have still managed to push forward through it all. Yeah. yeah. BLM was a, a, a massive part of obviously last year and a massive part for us to, you know, to just kind of push and fight further um, for the cause, you know. So I, I think there's just been loads of interesting new developments, I think mentally, personally, um, musically, that we've just had the time to look into and do, which is, you know, I think we've appreciated the time, if anything, and just spun it as a positive. Yeah. Uh, we have read the open letter that you did for the mobos obviously blm was a big part of the year um what kind of pushed you to write the open letter and obviously it's really really inspiring and i read a lot about it in terms of like the interview that you've done with the independent as well what kind of made you write the open letter and what are you trying to achieve i think we're just trying to open up the space i think um for our own personal experiences and other um, poc artists that we spoke to and statistics show that you know unfortunately we don't get a platform in alternative music we have been lost in rock music and blues even though it originated from black people in the first place and i think it's just suddenly become like the norm to be like well rock is white male Mm-hmm. Um, and black people are R&B and hip hop and um, if you're alternative um, if, you, if, if you're brown or if you're this or if you're that then you you might have it it's just everything's very kind of pigeonholed and segregated yeah. so I think we just wanted to shine light on the origin of rock yeah. and we thought that Mobos would be the perfect home to show that so just, just to wake up the UK a little bit because in America you know they're a bit more acceptable they're a bit more um open to alternative music people assume we're american yeah yeah and i watched that video um of uh ollie sykes and he was saying how he thought you were american and he noticed Mm. that you were uh you were following them um and he thought you were american as well so people assume that because there's more space for i guess they've got a bigger scene it's a bigger country obviously and you know there's this more space for alternative um poc creatives but in the UK it's very slim it's like grime is our leading genre which is amazing but you know we definitely feel that um, it's it's time for a change so we're just going to try and push that and open up the space in rock in black culture in just in in general anyway as much as we can I suppose that's really valuable to the for your followers as well in terms of you've noticed that a lot of them are artists and musicians so um, have you had like feedback from that in terms of 
like yeah from your fans well that's it as well because like through the the pandemic as well we created this voices for the unheard playlist when the blm movement happened where we discovered so many um poc alternative artists who were thinking like you know we need to shine light on these people because everybody was discovering bands like us other people were thinking let's just make a playlist so we can discover more and share it and then it really took off and then from that we did our instagram show where we got to meet them and everything and i think we feel like they always deserve more of a voice and everything so the mobiles having a rock alternative category could only help hoister up this whole community as well so it just feels like you know they they need help because they nobody's thinking about the alternative bands and artists it's always just very categorized so whatever we can do to support them we'll um, do it. yeah and it's other genres as well isn't it like jaguar posted about electronic genres as well have you have you had any feedback from the mobos with regards to your open letter no um obviously they kind of acknowledged us with a um a tweet back saying that they they see us and they hear us or whatever and um they put our name in the awards and they graffitied it on the wall so we're assuming that's a kind of little head nod to maybe making this happen this year but we're gonna have to try and find someone to talk to yeah <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah watch this space yeah hopefully yeah mm, when will you when will the um kind of list be out for this year it was in december it out quite late last year so yeah. I'm in december november oh. yeah we've got time we've got time um and what are the kind of artists that you're currently listening to then what are the artists that you've discovered in 2020 discovered uh lost sick puppy um Deptor. Zaria. Zaria. Unity uh, TX. Pleasure Venom. Mm. Um, we always get put on Spotlight. <laughs> Everybody on the Voices for the Unheard play- playlist on Spotify, there are a lot of them are new bands and you probably wouldn't have heard of them. There was only like a couple of people mm-hmm. that were big, like Fever and Rico Nasty and stuff, but um, majority of them are like underground, new, uh, happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, hopefully cool. hopefully we can all go see artists in yeah. this, well, this year. I, know. I, know. Like I hate that we've come into 21 and we're all just like, hopefully. Yeah. We're all so set on being like, yeah, 2021. <laughs> it was just going to disappear like, on the 1st of Jan. And and like, like... <laughs> yeah, it was so easy to be like, oh, next year it'll be fine because now it's 2021. You're kind of like just holding our breath through this next lockdown. Yeah, like, backwards again like yeah just, how it was are you two in london currently in this next lockdown in a uh, hastings oh, yeah. oh nice yeah nice and how are you kind of being creative at the moment are you managing to are you going to be able to record new music or um we're we're writing loads of new music um not sure we've obviously the rules and pandemic if we can record yeah but we're definitely just fighting at home yeah are you finding it an easy time to be creative um because i because i know that in like not from my experience in lockdown my kind of normal routine has just gone out of the window so i'm finding it difficult to do tasks that like i used to love doing in mm. normal life um and i can't imagine being a creative person if that stifles yeah. it or if that encourages you to be more creative i think it's just literally day by day some days you yeah. wake up and you're like right let's get going <laughs> 
want to do this for myself. Nowadays, you're just like, oh God, I'm tired of being yeah. in this house. It's definitely like a, a wave, isn't it? And you're just kind of waking up to see yeah. what like you feel like that day. Every yeah. day, sometimes you need to go for a walk because you realise you've been indoors for like five days and you're like, oh, that's this is the worst. <laughs> I've done that a few times and I'm like, when was the last time I stepped out of my house? Yeah. And you're like, ah, that's scary. Yeah, I know, but you know that everyone else is the same anyway, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So you've had some amazing achievements this year. Um, you've gotten the 50 Greatest Albums of 2020 by Kerrang, NME's 20 Best Debut Albums of 2020, uh, the cover photo for the Rock List on Spotify in December, which must have been a really nice way to round off the year. Um, is there anything that's been kind of your favourite thing that's happened over the year? Um or something that you've been like a bit of a pinch myself moment, um, despite the pandemic. <laughs> I think um, maybe the um, Heavy Music Award. Cause I feel like that was. I think we just. I don't know. It was just a crazy moment, and I think where we were in the middle of the pandemic, everything getting cancelled. It was a nice like. It's a nice moment. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice and I feel like everybody um, because we are like an alternative POC band it felt like we were really waving the flag for this yeah. genre and scene so it was a good moment mm-hmm. and the bring collab when that came in we were like whoa <laughs> yeah, that was crazy um, yeah was that a virtual award ceremony yeah, yeah. was that weird <laughs> we got dressed up anyway we are just oh, like I love that yeah we watched it on the <laughs> TV <laughs> Oh, that's great. You gotta make the most of it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm just indoors and I just get dressed up for the hell of it because I've got nowhere else and I'll just take it all off again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Feels good, doesn't it? It's nice because you put on you know, a bit of makeup and get ready. I actually put mascara on today and then like couldn't do it. I was like, when was the last time I put mascara on? And I was like, got it all over my eye and I was like, oh my God, I'm out of practice of like getting ready. Yeah, you forget how to do happen. your own makeup. Yeah. yeah, that does happen. Yeah. And um, looking at like your Instagram, you're like, obviously it seems like fashion is like a huge kind of outlet for you. Um, what, what, how do you express yourself? Is that, is that a form of expression for you? And what's your like, do you get inspired by anyone or you just like roll with it? I think we just roll with it. I think, uh, I think it starts with the music and then we kind of wear what our music sounds like if that makes sense to us and um i think we just enjoy it it's fun it's you know we don't i think again it kind of goes with our whole kind of aesthetic when we're just like we're not trying to conform we're not trying to do any we're just trying to just do us do you know what i mean so whatever that is whether it's a bit crazy one day or a bit more chill the next it's fine it's acceptable um yeah, each to their own. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so we are asking everyone a question mm-hmm. uh, as part of the podcast, which might put you on the spot a bit again. Um, <laughs> so if you could go out with anyone, uh, anywhere, where would you go and who would you go with? And this is not in a pandemic world. That's yeah. just a normal world. And, and they could be dead or alive. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just to make your that's choice a... even more Real question. <laughs> difficult. I know that one name just popped into my head. <laughs> Random. <laughs> it's not you won't find it random but people probably will i probably go out with Rihanna nice. oh nice how come just because I'm wearing Fenty right now nice uh, she's always just super badass she always go into great places looking great yeah so 
the bit I always remember is when she's got that little hip flask at the is it the Grammys where she's like snot she's got this like diamante like hip flask and she's just like sipping it I'm in love would be so so lit yeah (laughs) yeah where would you go with Brianna if you could pick anywhere Maybe we fly somewhere like New York. Yeah. Nice. Or like, I don't know, place so we haven't been. Yeah. Yeah. Probably anywhere with Rihanna would just be cool. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> really cool and fun. Yeah. What would yours be, Amy? Well, I'm definitely going to join the, the Rihanna train yeah. as well. Um, just because <laughs> we do, like, we we have this thing for Rihanna like we even have dreams about her sometimes it's really weird it's just like a weird obsession but that's just something that's separate um, if I could pick anyone that's such a big question dead yes. or alive should I go for someone who's passed on yeah go on um, just so we we've got both worlds um, <laughs> yeah. that's not blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to think. I'm just gonna let my cat out of this door. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe I'm gonna. I'll say, I'll say a little sweet one. I'm gonna yeah. say um, Andy Gill. Um, he's just recently passed, and we've um, uh, we were working with him on his um, some of his like material and stuff. So um, it'd be nice to get to the end of that and speak to him oh. and see him um, just. You know, because that was a nice little moment, and he's a, he's a legend. So yeah, yeah. I'll say him. Oh, that's nice. Lovely. Um, and in, should I ask about New Year's resolutions? Yeah, yeah, as yeah. it's our first, um, uh, it's our yeah. first New Year podcast. Do, so we're going to be annoying and ask a question that everyone asks. Yeah. Do, do you <laughs> have any? Not that we need them this year, but just interested. Yeah, if you do or have any. some people prefer goals. So any resolutions, goals? <laughs> There's quite a lot. Oh really? <laughs> nice. Oh, me, there's a lot. Trying to get mobiles to put on the category, the yeah. Yeah. category, not to procrastinate as much. Procrastinate a lot. Procrastinate. Procrastinating is the worst. Yeah. So annoying. You get to the end of the day and you're just like, for what God's sake. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. TikTok's been that for me. It yes. just swallows me up, yeah. and then it's been. <laughs> Yeah, same. Any, yeah. For, any more? Amy, have you got any? Just like getting fit because, yeah. you know, all the musicians, all of us are out of the swing of things. So when we hit that stage, we need mm. to hit it running, not literally just like yeah. not being able to breathe. Um, so that, because I've been quite lax, um, I need to get back into that again. <laughs> um, generally, you know, just general, just self, yeah. working on yourself, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. You know, because I feel like in the music industry, I think it's quite a uh, it's quite a harsh place. Yeah. And I think when artists and people say, you know, like a, not a tortured artist, but when, when you put your shit out there, people are really quick to judge, and it, you have to get in the right mindset. Mm. I think just in general, just to take it on because it is constant. It's only now that we've stopped, mm. and you think, fuck, we never really stopped to even have a some fresh air or anything. We just kept going and running at it and running at it and running at it. And I think sometimes just get some perspective on what's important um, and why you love what you do and just have a really good balance, I think. So I think it's just balance. So all of that jargon is called balance. Yeah. Yes. Having good balance and um, yeah, just cooking more and just uh, reading a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Just> scrolling. Um, <laughs> yeah, those are great. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take some of them for my own as well. Yeah, so <laughs> balance definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I think we yeah. had a really good discussion there. I think yeah. 
we can give uh, our Skiddle followers mm. a bit more insight into your kind of personal lives and also, you know, the amazing things that you've done this year. Um, and we really hope to see see you at the Mogos next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'll be, manifest, I'll be manifesting that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed the discussion. Yeah, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you so oh, much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye. Thank bye. you. Thank you for listening to the Going Out podcast with Skiddle. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe wherever you hear this podcast. Thank you.